Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is your choice Seventh Heaven podcast. I don't know that there are many choices, but. Well, we this are the is, only one that matters. This is the Seventh Heaven podcast. Um, <laughs> and in this episode of Camden Cast, we will be covering season two, episode 12 of Seventh Heaven. The title of the episode is Rush to Judgment. Or if you are in Germany, it is called False Play with Mary, which again is more appropriate than the U.S. title. So, I would say it was funnier too, except the subject matter is not too funny, but I still laughed. That you did. Um, so our IMDb user synopsis for this episode is, Simon gets sort of addicted to golf, which causes trouble for him, Ruthie, and various glass within their hitting reach. Matt and Lucy are fed up with Mary's adoration for Coach Coper, whom they mistrust and dislike because of his condescending attitude towards English pupil Matt, who nevertheless does well on a James Joyce book report. Mary sides with him when the siblings cry wolf over a hug, but when she suddenly changes her tune after a shoulder massage, even the principal turns on Coper without any proof or actual incident. Eric hounds Lou, who insists the expenses for the nearly unattended Wednesday service can no longer be justified, to see the books. Annie finds $2,500 are missing, but by the time the full truth gets known, both must side with Thief Lou and his secretly hard-tested family. I kind of want to get this IMDb user summary writer on here, because sometimes that person is really funny. Yes, when they call the parents Ma and Pa, but are also, my particular favorites. The glass in, near, in nearby vicinity is in danger, which yes. I thought was very cleverly put. I also like when they're like, Mary the ingrate, and they like just <laughs> label all of the children as... Rude name. So anyway, what was your first impression? Um, I thought this episode was very slow-paced. It, like, dragged on. I felt like um, there was a lot of beats in between that didn't really hit. Um, and the other thing, it's a, it's an episode that deals with sexual harassment or purports to deal with sexual harassment, um, but doesn't do a really good job of actually teaching any lesson or really yeah, I didn't doing know anything. Yeah, what they said at the end. Really doing anything about it. It, like... It, the end, we'll talk about this at the end, but it just kind of felt like boys will be boys and girls just have to be better. <laughs> like, so. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we'll start with the cold open, which, uh, as always, does a good job of lining up all of the three main storylines here. Uh, so we start with the church, with church getting out on a Sunday. Uh, Everybody is congratula- congratulating the Rev on uh, his service. One of the patrons, who I don't think we ever get this lady's name, but uh, she's really excited about when the Wednesday morning service. Which all I wrote down was the Wednesday morning service exists, because usually we have, like, the Rev preparing for Sunday, getting the sermon in order, and usually that's it. But as we soon learn, the Wednesday morning service is actually just introduced to create a conflict, uh, as our IMDb user summary uh, clued us in on. Yep. So uh, we there's, ha- like, banter, and then this guy... Lou comes back. So Lou, if you remember from uh, an episode past... Uh, it was called Faith, Hope, and the Bottom Line. It was not a good episode. I believe it's 118. Okay. Uh, well, Lou, uh, uh, the last episode Lou appeared in was when uh, the Rev decided to hire uh, a former convict as, a, as, an, as an organist. And he really wanted the... And he was saying how they had no money for the security system. Wait, was that Lou? Because I yeah, thought the whole th- point... Why wasn't he the acting treasurer then? Because remember... I think he was. I think they just... Bob m- left. 
I don't. I think he's he was a treasurer, but I think Annie had a different job, and uh, it was only temporary. I thought that Annie was the interim treasurer, and like, the, if this guy was just going to become the treasurer eventually, why wasn't he the treasurer from the beginning? Well, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Annie is apparently no longer the treasurer. This guy says that. They don't have money for the Wednesday service anymore because they have to play the organist, who, again, was supposed to be the ex-con, but apparently, like, we never see him again. I don't and know. And they need money to heat up the church. Um, it's just too costly, yes. and nobody comes. So so the Rev's like, well, why don't, uh, why don't you let Annie take a look at the books, and maybe she'll be able to see, like, where we can move some money around and get creative. Uh, Lou kind of gets a whole shit look on his face because... Obviously, something's up. Um, but is convinced that Annie will look at the books and it's fine. Uh, while this is happening, our other storyline, um, where Simon has a new obsession, apparently, uh, and it's with golf. And we learn this because he's having a conversation with Annie, and he pulls a golf club out of his pocket. Um, now, how can one fit a golf club in their pocket? Well, if you have a hole in your pocket, you can fit anything in there, including a golf club. Yes, and which leaves me with the question of how, if it was there the whole time he was in church, how did he sit down with the golf club in his pocket because he wouldn't be able to bend his legs? Um, Lots of questions. And then Simon, being Simon, uh, wanting to play golf so badly, he'll take any green that's offered, um, use it, uses that moment outside of church to hit a golf ball, and guess where it lands? Right into loose. I guess that's not a really thing. You can't really guess that, can you? Um, it lands. <laughs> so no, it, nothing would have indicated that that would have been the outcome, but it, it goes into Lou's windshield. Yeah, um, it's a great, perfect shot into Lou's windshield. But also it looks like Lou is parked on like the lawn of the church. Right, exactly. So, so that is that, sets up that, and uh, can I say that one more time? And finally, we have Mary, um, Matt, and Lucy sitting around a picnic table post-church. Mary is in her most scandalous church outfit yet. Yes. Um, it doesn't look like she has any pants on. Yeah, exactly. Her- she's wearing, like, knee-high boots. Uh, she's wearing a long, tan... Like some people might call those fuck-me boots. <laughs> those are yes. Well, I usually... My, my thigh-highs are my fuck-me boots, not my knee-highs. I'm always wearing knee I'm wearing knee-high boots right now. <laughs> They're not black, though, so I guess maybe they're not no, my fucking no. boots. Okay. I, I forget what car- color the ones that Mary was wearing were. Black. They looked like they oh. were black. They also looked like they weren't leather. They were like cloth, which I feel make th- makes them more fuck me than like normal If they're boots. like suede. Right, <laughs> suede. That's exactly what they were. Um, and she's wearing a long tan uh, leather coat, so you can't really see what she's wearing underneath, but it's it's not her usual like strict square business attire. Um, in that conversation, we just get a rehash of the fact that Mary really likes her coach and Matt really hates her, hates his English teacher who happened to be the same person. Because he needs to read portrait of the artist as a young man and write a paper on... Colors and imagery. You're right. Um... In that book. So, that's all we really get for that storyline. So, we're gonna do it, take the Rev storyline first after the cold open... We have the Rev cooking and Annie doing the books. Okay, yeah, so the Rev is cooking, and it doesn't really seem like he has enough food because he's got about, like, six little slices of bell pepper in a frying pan and a tiny little pot of, like, tomato sauce, and... He's stirring he's, boiling water. Yeah, and then Annie, who is, like, very feverishly... Looking over the books reminds him that he is stirring boiling water and that he needs to add the pasta. 
And he does without looking or something. I don't know. No, he, he I, like makes a show of it where he like puts the. Oh, I was gonna like mime it, but clearly no one can see me right now. Yeah, he puts the bag over the pot of water, and then he like makes eye contact with Annie the entire time, like looking away from the pot of water while he's pouring the pasta in. I don't get what the point of that scene was. I think he was supposed to be like, "I'll show you. I can forget the pasta." I don't know. So Annie finds uh, that there's twenty five hundred dollars missing. Um, and Annie immediately goes with, oh, I'm sure it's like there's a logical ex- explanation for this. Whereas the Rev is like, mm, mm. probably not. So uh, I think the next major thing that happens here is the Rev is calling Lou, uh, but Lou's wife Alice picks up. Or Joyce. Um, okay, for some reason, Aaron is convinced that this woman's name is Joyce, but never in the show has she been called Joyce. Her name has been Alice throughout. All right, you still call everyone Julie or Annie or I don't know. Well, that's not the same as me being convinced. That's just an accident. I'm not, I don't actually think these people's names are those names. Well, anyway, so. Alice is really like. Alice. Is really like cagey about where Lou is and what Lou's doing and when Lou's going to be free. Uh, and Annie makes some joke about, haha, they're Bonnie and Clyde. And Rev is like, well, they could be. <laughs> so. Um, the the Rev finally gets in touch with... I don't know if Lou calls back or if the Rev calls him again and finally gets him on the phone. But the Rev was like, oh, $2,500 is missing. What do you have to say for yourself? And he's like, I don't know. I'm going to come into the... Ch-. Like, he's like... The Rev asks him to come by and see him or something? Yeah, he's like, come. I want you to come by the house tonight. Um, we don't know how late it is, but it seems like it's pretty late. And he says, no, he can't. He's busy. Then he's like, okay, then come by church. Uh, come by the church tomorrow. And he's like, I'll try during my lunch. He's like, no, you got to come. And they have this kind of back and forth where he's like, I'll try, I'll try. And he's like, maybe you should just tell me on the phone now. He's like, no, I have to tell you in person. Right. When And we find out later when he tells him in person that this could have easily just happened over the phone. Yes, because it's one of those conversations that takes like maybe a minute and a half to two minutes and... This person wasted their time. So anyway, the guy's like, I'll try to come to your office. The Rev says tomorrow morning. He's like, I can't. I have work. I'll try to take an early lunch or whatever, so I'll try to see you in the morning. So then we get the next part of this storyline. We see the Rev sitting in his office, and he's picking up the phone and dialing it. When Lou walks in, presumably, I don't know, I didn't look at the clock this time. Not that I would know what it said. There if was I no clock look- in the scene anyway okay. for you to look at. So you were too busy looking at the certificate that said certificate. <laughs> yes, the Rev has a lot of interesting, um, I guess, awards on his office wall. Um, so we get the idea that it's like late afternoon, and he's like, oh, sorry, I had to take a late lunch. Um, so, But he's like, I'm here now. And he sits down, and he's like, oh, I took the $2,500. Yeah, he admits That's- it. The Rev wants to know why, but he's like, don't worry, I'll get it back to you, just give me a couple of days. Um, The Rev is not satisfied with this because he wants to know what's going on, but Lou's like, forget it, I'm going to deal with it, and he kind of just walks out. It's gone, I took it. (laughs) So that happens. Then Annie is at like the market or something with one of the kids, and then she sees uh, Alice walking with another man. He's a clearly a much younger man than Alice. Um, we obviously, being you know the smart viewers that we are, immediately think that he's maybe a son of some sort. Annie comes to the conclusion that he's having, she's having an affair. Yeah, is basically like implying because uh, in the later scene with um, the Rev, 
she goes, yeah, I saw her saw her with another man. Um, and he's like, well, she wouldn't be walking around with another man in broad daylight like with that like that. And he's like, well, she could be. And we're like, oh, hey, Seventh Heaven is attacking polyamory, t- attacking polyamory <laughs> way back in the 90s. We were very excited. Obviously, that's not what happened. Uh, no, unfortunately not. Um, so... <laughs> I think what happens next is Luke shows up at the door, um, and he's wearing a trench coat. <laughs> and Aaron made a really good observation here. Uh, he looks exactly like uh, Ferret Man looked. Well, he's also from just like behave- he was like again behaving like he was just like being very cagey and like he, you know the rev opens the door and he's kind of like hunched over in his trench coat and he's like hey let me in. <laughs> and then he like takes out an envelope from the from his trench coat, and it's the money that he owes, the whole 25... Well, it's a 2500 minus the cost of fixing the windshield um, of his car. Yes. And uh, then he's like, okay, it's done, and I'm quitting church. I can't be there anymore. And the rev's like, no, you have to tell me what's going on. Like, you can't... I've known you forever. And I think re- the... I think... I don't know if it's in this scene, but we'll just talk about it now. But Lou says something like, you don't know me. <laughs> We've got to church for 20 years. I'm glad someone finally told the Rev off, though. Like, no, you don't. And so they, like, part ways, and... Of course, the Rev is still, like, his brain is, like, going, like, I need to meddle. And Annie, and that's the thing, I I guess I hadn't noticed this before, but Annie is basically an enabler of the Rev's meddling, because she's always like, you need to go to them. They love the drama. You need to see what's happening. And she kind of pushes it, whereas the Rev, like, maybe wouldn't have done it if if Annie, if the Annie, why do I do this all the time? (laughs) If Annie wasn't, like, convincing convincing him to do so. Uh, So they end up showing up at Lou and Alice's house. Lou and Alice are fighting. Of course, just very conveniently as Rev and Annie get to the door, they can overhear them yelling, and then they knock on the door, and as normal people do, they answer, and uh, I don't know. uh, Well, he says it's not a good good time, and then um, the man who was previously with Alice at the market comes to the door as well, and we find out that it's Louis Jr. Yes. Their uh, son. (laughs) Who they've been hiding for 20-plus years. (laughs) Her son and her lover. Dun-dun, no. Um, So, yeah, this, like, nobody knew that Lou and Alice had a son, which is a little bit strange. And then Annie and the Rev go inside, and they start talking to... uh, Lou. Lou and Alice, and they never actually say that Louis, or Lou Jr., is autistic, and he just kind of jumps to that conclusion. Yes, yeah, they say something about he, like, needs a specific schedule. If he doesn't follow this, like, schedule, he gets real frantic. And he, and like, he had been at, like, a state home that closed down, so they needed to move him to a private home, but they needed the money, like, they needed $2,500 for the down payment, and Lou <laughs> sold his life insurance policy after he had to give the money back to the church to get this money, um... So, Which means that his life insurance policy is nilch. Like, there's, what, like, most life insurance policies are, what, at least, like, a lot of money. Yeah, like, hundreds of thousands, thousands of, of dollars. dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and he is, like, scraping for 2500 <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, and, and, like, I don't know, yeah, Glen Oak does not seem like, a, like a poor community, like I'm pretty right. sure most of the people in this neighborhood have twenty five hundred dollars in their bank, <laughs> like their savings they could use. Um, Plus, it's like the '90s, and I'm sure twenty five hundred dollars was worth more than it is now. 
And also it's... Well, yeah, that's, that's actually a fact. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, Lewis ha- is autistic, um, and we... There's a, a we, there's a weird see, like weird conversation happening where Lou is trying to explain that like he, they couldn't him and Alice just couldn't handle uh, Lou Jr. and that they tried to do as much as they could as parents but they couldn't really help him like learn wait there I wrote this down maximize his potential as a human being and I turned to Aaron and I was like is that what parents are supposed to be doing for their children? Making sure they maximize their potential as a human being? They also, when they talk about the state home that, like, Lewis is in before it shut down, they're like, he loved the state home. And I was like, that's the thing that no one has ever said about any, like, state-run, like, facility. Like, like that's, no, not a fact. Um, but as is the case with Seventh Heaven, there needs to be some sort of happy ending. So the Rev's like, don't worry. Well, he's like, Lou, why didn't you think you could come to me? And they're like, I don't know. They're like, we didn't want to tell anyone about our son. like <laughs> That we've hidden for years and yeah. years and years. But basically, that the end of that conversation is that... We're going to get him a... We're going to figure something out for him. There's, we're going to help him somehow. Uh, and of course, our next scene and our last scene with this specific storyline is at the Wednesday morning service, which is the, probably the first and the last time that we'll be seeing the Wednesday morning service, I'm sure. Aaron? Yeah, uh, yeah. Are you going to say yeah? I feel like the one... No, 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 I'm I'm pretty, like, it it was just created for this episode to, to, like, make this conflict. Aaron, uh, Aaron. Um, Joyce? Nope, that's not who I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say, well, the Wednesday morning service is, like... The other lady who was not named, the only lady who goes. (laughs) The Wednesday morning service just seems like a character that they introduced, but it's... Not a character. Right, it was the character for this episode. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah but it was a conflict character for this episode. Um, anyway, it's all, there's only one person coming for the service. Because the other, usually only two people go, but this the other particular woman, morning, this, this other woman is sick. The other woman, I think, they name the other woman, but they don't name this woman. The other woman, Tracy, is sick. But, like, she, does, she wants a silent prayer on her behalf, but she doesn't want anybody to know that she's sick. So she just wants a silent prayer. I don't understand. What I think the point that's of that supposed to be a joke about the fact that usually only one person goes. Oh. So like everybody there would know. Oh, okay, okay. And I think that's why the rev was like a silent prayer. So um, what happens next is Annie shows up with Lewis Jr., Lou, and Alice, and it's great because uh, somehow with Annie's connections, they've been able to set him up at this home, which is like private home which is like quite close to their house um they're gonna pay it off by helping around the house or something like that um and then we have i guess what is supposed to be this heartfelt scene between the rev and uh lou because lou says i've always been good with money but i've never been good with emotions (laughs) and then i don't know the rev is like oh well that, that makes us a perfect team and i'm like look at these buds buds will lou, uh, will lou come back uh, so, anyway, uh, this scene actually ends with, well, this ties into another storyline, but I'll just say it now so that we don't have to come back to this. Annie is sitting there, and as the Rev is like, well, the, all the Rev says is, okay, we're going to start the service w- with a silent prayer, and everyone's sitting there silently, and Annie is, like, looking up, kind of, like, puzzled, or, like, she's thinking of she, something is, you know, just hitting her, and she jumps up, and she, like, runs out, and she's like, Oh. It might be something, but it might also not be something. But I have to go deal with it. And she runs away. <laughs> right. And then the Rev makes some horrible joke about, like, oh, she hears this all the time, blah, blah, which I think he's done before. Like, he makes that joke all the time. 
So you know my my. Oh, it was like when when Lucy ran out of the church and he's like, they get this at home all the time. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, so our next storyline, I really want them to give Simon and Ruthie, or Simon or Ruthie, better storylines than the ones they've been getting now, uh, recently. The, this is, like, not even a storyline. No. After Simon breaks the windshield of Lou at church, Annie's like, you're grounded, you can't play golf for, like, two weeks or something, and the whole time they'll just have little mini scenes of Simon in his room, like looking at golf clubs and, like, dreaming of, like, there's, like, dreaming of hitting the golf ball. Like, that's really the entire thing. Looking at a golf magazine. Yeah, and then, like, at a certain point, like, Ruthie's homework is to cut out things that start with the letter G, so, of course, he pulls his golf magazine out, and then it kind of comes to a head, I guess, when Simon hit that, like, all the other kids are, like, ready to leave for school, and then you hear, like, glass shatter, and Simon has broken a window in the house with a golf ball, and it's as unamusing as you can imagine. The Rev and Annie run upstairs. Ruthie takes the blame for it, um, and they're Simon like, tries to get out of it by saying, I have a golf addiction, which, what? <laughs> Who has a golf addiction? I don't know. I played golf, and I don't have a golf addiction. And then... That, that's like, and then Annie grounds them both. The story kind of ends where just like Ruthie admits that, oh, no, 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 Simon is like guilt He's guilt ridden and, and he has to tell Annie, and that's the entire storyline. That's it, yeah. There's nothing else going on there. Oh, wait. Ruthie asks if she's still oh. grounded or something, and she, uh,. She was like, oh, since I wasn't actually the one playing golf in the house, am I still grounded? And Annie's like, yes, for lying. And she just goes, okay, whatever. And this is the beginning. I'm guessing this is the beginning of some of the beginning of the roots of Queen Ruthie. Yeah. Um, and finally, our main storyline where there's a false play with Mary. <laughs> um, Mary tries, someone tries to sexually marry again. Um, we have, uh, it starts out with, I think the first scene we have is, Mary downstairs in the kitchen wanting to help uh, Annie out with the pasta cooking. And she's talking about how great the coach is and how her self-esteem's up and she's never felt so good. And how it took Diane twice as long to recover from the same injury. She said something about a great natural healing ability. Mary has a great natural healing ability. Um, And she's just really happy. And Annie kind of like, it's like, well, why do you think you have such a good relationship with the coach? And... Matt doesn't, and it, and there's like there's well, something like, up. Well, yeah, like Mary's like, oh well, I see him like I I get to see him as a coach, and Matt gets him as a teacher. Like it might be I don't know. She just kind of uses that to say like, oh well, you know, he might not behave the same way when he's coaching basketball as when he's teaching English. So and he's a bit skeptical. Yeah, uh, she's like, when you talk about him, it sounds like you're talking about a different like you're both talking about different people. So. We, this storyline also does something that I really hate, uh, besides, like, the entire storyline in itself, is that it puts Mary and Lucy, uh, Mary, Matt and Lucy, um, as, like, having bonding moments together, and I don't like that, because why? Everything Lucy touched turns to dust. Um, I don't know what you really, like, disliked the fact that they had, like, all these scenes together. I don't know. I don't like Lucy. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> like, you're now specifically, like, you don't, so you really don't want anyone to talk to Lucy. You want her to always be on the outside of everything that's going on. Yes, that's how I feel, and well, I'm going to stick to it. Well, yeah, I would like that, too, but unfortunately... 
they think she's like a very strong actress or something, so they got to well, make she her can cry, cry on all demand. the time. She can cry on demand. Um, Lucy comes into Matt's room because she's sick of Mary talking about the coach all the time, and she just needs a place to study. Matt is, at this point, reading his James Joyce book and just like randomly asks Lucy what the colors yellow and gray mean. And she gets, she says con- depression and confusion, and apparently that is the right answer because he's like she's like I don't know just just like a hunch or something, and he's like oh no instinct, and he's like you got good instincts like because Matt I don't know knew and the answer all along or something. Matt you later uses this answer to answer. Uh, this is now later in school. The coach decides to pick on Matt. Um, the, yeah, the the report isn't due until the next day, but he makes Matt like basically give an oral report the day before it's due. Right, and uh, we later learn uh, in the scene after this that uh, it took, uh, his answer took the coach by surprise, and, like, so he was very happy, and he basically answered exactly how Lucy did, uh, even though Lucy's not read the book. But the most important thing about this scene is that um, we have Mitch come back, but Mitch oh, is... God, he's Okay, first of all, you said, you looked this up. Yeah. So original Mitch... There was I forget when he was introduced in the first episode in the first, in the first episode, episode of, the season. of season two yeah then in the episode with the joint a, like other Mitch some other guy named Mitch was uh, pl- like some other person played a character named Mitch and then and he's the one who gave Matt the joint and now old Mitch is back but he's not Mitch anymore his name is Kevin yes so I don't know what's happening. I don't know. So like they, they couldn't keep their like extras straight. They couldn't <laughs> Even though none of them look alike. No. This Mitch is very much a ginger and that Mitch was like a skinny little like, like brunette boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um there's more bonding between Lucy and Matt. Matt's having a great day. Uh, so he asks Lucy how her day is. And this is actually a pretty good scene because Lucy just goes through how her day is horrible. Yes. And then he tells Lucy to go to the gym and ask Mary if she could get a ride home with someone else so that Matt doesn't have to come back to school later when she's done with basketball practice to get her. And while when Lucy goes to do that, she turns the corner and Coach, like Mary was like, okay, so we see this from two different angles. Right. Mary is getting like water at the water fountain and Coach Coper comes over and he's like, oh, you broke your previous record on like your fastest mile. So then they're like hugging it out and as that's as they're hugging, Lucy turns the corner and sees it, and then she, like, kind of gasps, and then she hides back behind the wall that she just walked out from behind, and then she, like, peeks around slowly, and then she decides to make her appearance. Um, and she just, you know, does what she's supposed to, but she's, like, acting weird. And, and so then just, I, so, well, go ahead, and then I'll say what I have to say. Well, no, because I was going to move on to the next scene, so oh, say what I, you're going to... I was just saying, and just to like clarify, um, it was we, a long hug. Yeah, it was a long hug. It was it was a hug that one would share with a friend. Like one, if you're excited about something, you'd share like that kind of hug with a friend. Not necessarily a hug you would share with your coach. So there wasn't anything sexually about it, or, or <laughs> I, I, that was a joke. Obviously, sexual about it is the real word. Don't um, don't explain your jokes. <laughs> I know. It, I I realize I'm not really funny. Um, and. <laughs> Um, so, but the point is that it's very ambiguous to the viewer if this hug is a bad thing or not, but Lucy feels like it is bad. Um, so there is a scene afterwards where Lucy is trying, uh, in like the house. Well, they're in, it's Mary and Lucy in their bedroom and she asks, Lucy asks Mary, um, like, oh, so like, what's up with you and coach, like, you're talking about coach Coper a lot, like. 
do you think he's like attractive or whatever? And Mary's like, oh no, he's like as old as dad. That's disgusting. Um, and Lucy's like, gets like flustered and leaves the room. Well, um, I think before that happens, Mary's like, what's going on in that pinata brain of yours? Oh, she said that, um, oh, something weird is falling out of that pinata <laughs> brain of yours. Exactly. Which I like. No, that's later on. That's when, oh. the next day when, um, Mary asks. Oh, at yeah, breakfast. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but. As she's leaving their, uh, her room, she runs into Matt. Who was eavesdropping yeah. outside of the door. And Matt's like, so you've been, like, hiding something. Something's up since, like, the car ride. What's going on? And then Lucy starts with, I probably shouldn't say anything. But and then, then she, she clears, says something. And she explains that she got a pretty bad feeling about the hug. And Matt immediately goes into overprotective brother mode where he's like, don't worry. I'll take care of it. Um, so the next morning is when that scene happens with the pinata brain. Yeah, because... Um, Mary asks Annie to pack her an extra sandwich, and Lucy's like, who's the other one for? And Mary's like, for me, I'm training, I'm hungry. So that's when she tells her something weird is falling out of her pinata brain. The next Uh, scene we have is Matt and the coach alone in the classroom. And the Matt's like... The Matt? The Matt's (laughs) shit. Um, Well, I think... The coach is saying something to, like, a female student and, like, then, like, saying goodbye to her. Oh, yeah, and he's like, oh, you hug her, too? Or, yeah, or do you only hug my sister? And he's like, what, the coach is like, what are you, like... Implying, what do you think you know? And then... He's like, and then Matt says something like, "Um, yeah, I am implying something, and this is followed by a threat. Yeah, and then the coach is like, well, I'm not talking about this alone in a classroom with a student, so we're going to go to the principal's office now because this is like a serious accusation. So then they show the principal's office, and the coach, Matt, and Mary are there, and then there's like another... I don't know why. They, they say, like... Mary, she... Well, because, like, Matt didn't see anything, so they call, like... So Lucy, like, tiptoes in. So we have all three of the Cam- uh, the three elder Cap- Camden siblings and the coach and the and the principal there, and she's like, okay, um, what did you see, Lucy? And Lucy says she saw a hug that didn't make her feel... Yeah, she's like, I got I had a bad feeling about it. And then Lucy, uh, Mary's like, that's insane. It was just a hug. And then Lucy's like... I confused my feelings for facts, which something a lot of people are doing these days. Um, in the world. Sometimes. Alternate, alternative they're facts. They're president. Um, but, um, yeah. But Mary basically says, oh, he, we were, I was happy because I broke the record on my mile. And suddenly, like, everything is seen in a new light. Uh, the coach is able to go back and teach his classes. And Mary's, well, yeah, Lucy's like, well, I didn't know that whole thing about the mile, so it makes sense now. I'm an idiot. She said, of course I'm wrong. I'm always wrong. Um, and Lucy's crying. Duh. Because always. Um, but where, and she, like, Mary basically says, like, I can't believe you guys did this to me, uh, both to Matt and to Lucy. Our next major scene is, I guess. Well, also the principal at the end of that scene says that she's going to call the Camden parents because of what Lucy did, like, kind of, Mm -hmm. like, accusing a teacher without any real, like, grounds. Um, Even though she didn't accuse a teacher, Matt accused the teacher. Lucy was just going to, like, keep her mouth shut. Yeah, um, so... I don't know, the the principal was like, okay, we have to call your parents. And Lucy acts like she gets in trouble all the time because she was like, it's fine, you know the number. But she hasn't, she doesn't ever get in trouble because she is always awful. Um, the next but then, but, well, the whole point of me saying that yeah. is that from what we see, they never actually do call the Camden parents. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, Mary comes out, uh, it's the next day, Mary comes out and she's wearing sweatpants and apparently that's not something Mary wears to school. And her reasoning is that she's going to want to, she wants to practice basketball during study hall because, uh, because Coach Kofer wouldn't practice with her after school, after, you know, the allegations. And she needs, Annie needs to sign a permission slip. Uh, and he's like, why didn't, why are you doing this today? Why weren't you practicing yesterday? And apparently, Annie never got that phone call about the accusation. Yeah. Well, anyway, Annie won't sign the permission slip because she's like, I want you to go to study hall. Like, just practice. Like, she was like, one missed practice isn't going to kill you. Like, you'll just go this afternoon with the rest of the team. So Mary, like, storms away, and she also, in the meantime, like, gives a glare in Lucy and Matt's direction because they've ruined her basketball career. Yes. So I think the final final scene scene is that Mary goes to Coach Coper's classroom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, like, on her study hall or if it's after school. Um, I think it's after school. Oh, no, no, this is Wednesday morning service. It must be study hall. Yeah, it must be during her study hall. And she goes to... Coach Coper's classroom, and she's like, I don't know. She's trying to get him to go do the workout with her anyway, even though she's not. She doesn't have permission to leave study hall. And um, the coach is pretty reluctant. He thinks that it's not a good idea. That like um, clearly Matt and Lucy have something out for him, and he doesn't want to get in trouble. Um, and he doesn't want people to read anything the wrong way. Um, Mary is like, No, I'm sorry about that, but like you can't just stop like, helping me, like, you can't just quit on my rehab here. And she, like, gets a basketball out from his, like, gym bag and, like, throws it at him, and suddenly he's like, okay, fine. So then she sits down at a desk while they're talking, and he comes over and he, like, touches her shoulders, and he's like, oh, you're so tense, that can't be good for your game. And then he starts kind of massaging her, but also his one hand is, like, slipping down her arm. And she keeps on saying, it's okay, I think I'm okay. Yeah, like, but, you like, don't need to massage me. But he keeps on going. And then the conversation, it, like, t- does not 180. He does, like, a Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I didn't, like, I wasn't, like, fond of this coach to be, like, I wasn't, I didn't have any opinions he was, about him. He's always him. been a creep, yeah. though. Even in the first episode before anything happened, I, I always thought he was, like, he, like, why was he so rude to Matt all the time? But uh, he starts saying things like, you know, you can talk to me, we can talk to each other, I know, like, why you're really here and what you really want, what's really going on, and, like, these kind of, like, sayings and stuff, and Mary kind of sits there feeling very uncomfortable until she gets up and goes, this is making me uncomfortable, I don't like this. And she tries to walk away, and then he puts himself in front of her, like, between her and the door. Um... Then we have Annie and the principal rushing into the room, except he doesn't notice, and uh, and Mary does. And but they, like, well, yeah, he's not facing them, and they just kind of stay there silently. And he does, he starts to do this thing with this tie, where it looks like he's about to, like, undo <laughs> his tie, and which I think is supposed to, like, imply that he's about to, like... Sexually marry. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I didn't think the scene was done very well at all, because... He says something like, who's going to believe you? Yeah, well, she's like, uh, yeah, he's like, after you and your brother and sister made such fools of yourself, yourselves the other day, who's ever going to believe you um, when, you know, if you try to tell anyone about this? And then she takes the, she still has a basketball in her hand, and she bounces it She off, throws it at the blackboard for some reason. And she's like, they will. And then he turns around, and he sees the principal and Annie. Um I'm like, oh, and, and, uh, yeah, and so Annie, Mary res- rushes off, is crying, because she's, like, obviously upset, and Annie's hugging her, the principal's like, you're fired. 
Um, and he, like, leaves. And the last scene, the last couple of scenes, so first it's just the principal saying, there's a lot of things that we don't teach you in books that you, like, in, the, in school books that you have to learn about. <laughs> and, it, and she's like, how will I ever know when, like, everything he said was right, but then it just felt so wrong. Which, what? Yeah, I didn't really, I, I didn't actually even follow this conversation because she was just saying words and, and they didn't, yeah. And Annie's like, you have to trust your instincts. And it's like, um, why aren't you getting at the heat, like the heart of the issue here, which is he's wrong and she's the victim. And that's it. <laughs> like, that's literally it. Why are these, there are all these yeah, things? Yeah, they were like, you need to learn to trust your instincts. Like, as you get older, you'll learn. Which is what? What the fuck does that mean? And then we have, uh... Matt and Lucy, who have just, you know, finished classes or whatever, and they come and see what's happening. They see that Mary's crying, and Matt's like, what's happened? And uh, the principal's like, we should talk about this in my office. And then Lucy's like, again, because everything's about her. And she's like, oh, no, am I in trouble? Like, no, like, we have to do this. And Mary basically goes, you guys are right. I'm sorry. Oh, I just, yeah, and that's it. That's that's how the episode ends. But I just have a quote down here, and I think it probably happened in the part when, I don't know when it happened. Oh, it it was when Coach Coper Mm, was having mm. the conversation where he says something about, like, oh, Lucy had a feeling or whatever, and she said, she has them all the time, and she's never right. Yeah, and she calls Lucy emotional, emotional, emotional. I don't know why it took me so long to say that. Emotional. Emotional. So. And that Lucy likes to make things exciting because she's bored. Yes. So some good shade thrown on Lucy. And that's really it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I haven't even thought about what I'm going to rate this. (laughs) We're both Mm. sitting here with our head in our hands. Contemplating. About what we're going to rate this. 3.5. 3.5 out of 7. I think, okay, so I hated the last one, and I, I gave that one a 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this this one was bet easier to watch. Like, it was slow, but it wasn't painful. Yeah, and, I mean, I think I'm just going to give this, like, maybe a 3. I'm just annoyed with how they decided to deal with this situation. I think what's actually skewing my judgment of this is the German title, which makes it so much better. <laughs> False play with Mary. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three. They did a horrible job of dealing with sexual harassment, of dealing with how they're going to deal with the teacher. The only thing I really liked about that was that he was fired immediately. And, and well, it's the same principle. I like, too, that it's the same principle from the time when, like, the guy snapped Mary's bra. Bra, yeah. Um, and, and she, like, basically, like, has, like, I don't know. You're fi- it's like a female principle, and yeah. she's, like, you know, such a great you know, influence for the girls at the school or whatever. I don't know what we're supposed to think. Like, I feel like that's what they were trying to do with this, like, principal character. But, yeah, she he gets fired, and he's like, for what? And he's like, well, sexual harassment and misconduct, for one. And then some, says something about my lo- our, the school's lawyers will be t- in touch with you. Oh, but just to st- go back to also to our IMDb user synopsis, yeah. um, Annie and um, the principal never actually witness any physical contact between Coach Coper and Mary. Um, it's just, they just hear the part when he's like, oh, well, who's going to believe you? Which definitely is, has a strong implication yeah, of, yeah. like, uh, oh, like, I'm going to do something to you. So. And also, he, we never learn, uh, back to the user summary, we never learn about what Matt actually gets, uh, if he gets a good grade on his report. Like, that doesn't. <laughs> well, the teacher never, gets fired, so it yeah, doesn't even matter. So that, I don't know where that comes from. 
and also we never really find out how Simon kicks his golf addiction. But guess what? We'll never hear about it again. Um, so I'm sticking with a 3.5. I'm giving it a 3. Um, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you can rate, review, get our podcast as it's uploaded every Wednesday and Saturday. And our next one will be coming out on Saturday. So I've been Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is Camden Cast. <laughs>